0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast. This is a special episode of Capes, which is our comic book-centric show. Uh, My name is Kiona. I am your host. And my special guest today is Ryan Little. He is the author of Super Scouts and many other comics. So how's it going today, Ryan?
1: Good, Kiona. Thanks for talking to me.
0: All right. Awesome. So I have some questions prepared for you. So I'm just going to go ahead and start there, and then we can see where the conversation goes from there um so first up i'd like to know what was the genesis of the super scouts idea like where did you get this idea um what inspired you and uh and are you a fan of of super sentai shows and did you watch them kind of growing up
1: sure so i kind of answer them both sort of at the same time um sure. you know i've written several different titles a um, bunch of different mm-hmm. comics and things and some of them i know exactly where they came from and some of them they were nowhere and now they're just kind of in my life. Um, super Scouts is a book I very, very vividly know the exact moment I thought of it. Awesome. Um, I was working on season one of Daredevil that well, it was shooting in New York City. I was living in Brooklyn. Um, and it was like a really, really crazy busy day. Um, I've had like a ton of paperwork and stuff. And I said, all right, they want me to go get the actor's coffee. You know what? I'm going to pretend the line was long. I'm going to take 10 minutes. I'm going to sit on a bench. Um, and I-, I knew I was a writer at that point. I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to write <laughs> something awesome. I'm going to take 10 minutes for me and just think of something cool. And so I opened my little notebook. I was like, what's the coolest, most fun thing I could want to write about right now? I was like, you know what? I think Power Rangers are awesome. And like, and that, it just immediately, I, I outlined I, like probably five to 10 story beats that I, I knew I wanted to do um, a Power Rangers story, but like, you know, a Super Sentai story, I should say, to be fair to the genre. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't dark, but that was, that was grounded, but it was also fun. Um, so I came up with in that moment, five to 10 um, story beats or, you know, basically like plot move ideas. And all of them ended up in the book. That included the opening scene and it included the finale. So the first panel and the last panel, I've known since like day one, minute one, since it existed in my mind. Um, So that was back in like 2015, funny enough? No, 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I wrote the whole script and then I put it in a drawer because I said, whoever draws this book is going to have to be someone that knows and loves um, Sentai and Toketsu and all that great stuff. Um, Because they got to be able to do not just one set of cautions, but, you know, they got to be in the suits, out of suit, suit upgrade, mirror mat, swords, like, it's, it, that's a lot, a lot of work for, for an independent artist on an indie comic like this, uh-huh. um, so, you know, after that, I kind I started getting into the, into the genre more, like, trying to reference more things, to get more stuff than just, you know, our basic, sort of, the American stuff I grew up loving, you know, as a 90s kid, um, uh-huh. and then a friend of mine in 2017 was, I, I mentioned, I was like, you know, I'm still always looking for an for this, this Power Rangers thing, is like, you got to talk to Bruno. Um, so I emailed with Bruno. Bruno is the nicest, happiest, most lovely person I've ever worked with. Um, sorry, everybody else. Bruno's great. Um, <laughs> but he, so we, I was like, hey, it's his Power Rangers book. It's, I'll be honest, though. It's a lot of co- it's costumes. It's weapons. It's motorcycles. Like, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, is it more like chargement or Flashman? And he, like, immediately went through, like, more Super Sentai history than, like, I could have possibly asked for. Um, so he's the perfect guy. Um, so, you know, I grew up with definitely the grounded American stuff. I was actually very partial to *Beetleborgs* and VR Troopers myself as far as kind of to get to um, stuff yeah, goes. Yeah. Um, but then it, I've actually I've had so much fun now. This is our third issue on Kickstarter over the last year, like really Exploring the genre more, especially not so much of it's available. I could watch all of die Um Now I'm like really exploring the Common Rider universe and all these different things.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so it's it's funny. I'm as we're wrapping up Volume One, I'm kind of renewing my vows with Super Sentai in a funny way and getting ready to launch Volume Two.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, Bruno's work. Let's talk about him a little bit because I want to know like where did you where did you guys connect? Uh, where did you meet each other? Was it just through like email or?
1: Yeah, so I'm he he's about- based in Brazil. Um, I'm per- currently based. Well based normally out of los angeles california currently living on the east coast what's up east coast um because we're all working <laughs> remotely because of the pandemic yeah yep. um but you know bruno god bruno's he's so talented he brings so much emotion and character to the script because you know while i think it was after we started working together that boom did its relaunch yes. even then which which that boom book quite frankly is about as good as a, i think a power rangers comic can be like that's everything i would want out of a mainstream just comic I think Kyle Higgins is great I think the arts great yeah. Um, yeah, all the events really... all the plot choices um, <laughs> so I fortunately I started working with Bruno and I said you know we got to do something that feels like a little different like what is the version of this that's gonna feel so that's why I think he it it stays grounded the, the characters the emotion emotions those moments I think he can do all that <laughs> stuff really well I think his comedy is really great like all the weird faces they make and exaggerations. Yes. yeah um, <laughs> Some of our big over the top moments um, in the in issue three that come back around again. Um, but it's been the whole time. It's really been a game of sort of throwing influence at him. Cause you know, there's a funny thing about um, trying to do any super Sentai thing that, you know, if you do it right. Okay. You see the helmet, you see the jumpsuit. Yeah. That's like a power ranger suit, mm-hmm. but what makes it distinctive, but also feel sort of like an homage at the same time that we were always kind of playing this game that we always said it's an homage first, than a parody that there are some comedy elements that rip on the tropes in the genre but first and <laughs> foremost it's about them finding the power loving the power being excited about it and using it in ways that kind of fulfill them and help them sort of achieve their truest self um so i think bruno you know as we work through the book right away we kind of got into it really quick the color palette the designs we locked pretty quick um but then the rest of the time as we more for them in and out of suits, the more we added upgrades and stuff like that, it's been about, okay, how do we how do we make this feel like an homage first, then a parody? That's kind of been our working idea.
0: Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, I just want to mention his his full name here so that people know it's Bruno Oliveira. Um, he is quite a fantastic artist. This is the first work that I've seen by him and I was very impressed actually. Yeah, like you said, his facial expressions are really good. Just the way that he came up with those designs are really cool. Um, including all the, the, can I say Mecca? Can I say that? I don't know yeah. if I want to say that because that kind of gives something away. But uh, anyway, anyway, there's I mean, Mecca in this book. You know I mean, come coming. on. You know what's coming. Yeah. yeah. Um. So did he also do the colors for the book as well?
1: Yep, one-man band. He wow. does it all.
0: That's uh, amazing. Yeah, that's,
1: he's that's awesome. yeah, he's That's great.
0: Yeah, he's a great definitely. artist. My gosh.
1: Yeah, and he really, he knows how to, I mean, he does he really has a very painterly style, which is like really cool. I think that's why... Um, some of these big you know some of the big wide scenes they don't feel they feel kind of big and kooky because of all the like, crazy like karate they're doing and stuff like that yes, but yeah, yes. the, way, the color his color choices and his paint choices it's it's funny because it really that painterly style really ties into kind of the drama slash melodrama of it all that when they yeah. you know when the alarms go off and lord darkness has arrived he get do these beautiful violet tones <laughs> kind of as they experience a dark night of their soul but at the same time when mm-hmm. they're you know Ryan on action bikes with over the side of swords kind of at their hip. He can also do the pops of oranges and some of these really vibrant pastels uh, that yeah. make feel much different than, than any, you know, any of the boom stuff ever felt.
0: Yes. Yes. And I love like those big moments where, you know, the characters will just say something really incredibly like, you know, Power Rangers Z kind of goofy sounding. And then he has those backgrounds that just kind of pop. It's just amazing. So he did a really good job on the art. Um, totally. Let me see here. So, so let me ask you here, and I know this is like picking the favorites among your babies here, but um, do you have a favorite among your characters in this book? Do you have a favorite Super Scout?
1: It's so tough. It, it It's a good question. You know, it's funny because it, it almost changes kind of every time I read it or more every time I put an issue out because, you know, they're spaced out just far enough that, you know, as life keeps growing and changing. Yeah. I love Willie. I really like Willie a lot. Willie. Um, <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, so super, super Scouts in general, for anyone that doesn't know, um, it's sort of a Power Rangers homage and parody um, by way of sort of the Galaxy Quest story model. So mm-hmm. in this world, there was this super popular Super Sentai show called Super Scouts. 20 years later, we meet all the different actors and they've all sort of gone their separate ways and had you know, varying levels of success. Um, and then one day, the, the kind of diehard fanboy among them um, finds out that all their adventures were based on real intergalactic wars Uh, that all the power is out there and it's true and that their fictional nemesis lord darkness is in fact coming to earth to exact revenge on them so he has to get the cast back together help them unlock their super scout powers in time to save the universe um so willie um, was a child actor on the show we meet him when he's in his kind of late 20s and now he's a giant hulking kind of terry cruz person
2: yeah Um, and he's
1: and he sort of stands for he, he he I love him because it's that purest version of, he just loves it for the sake of what it is that the powers mean the most to him. Yeah. Um, his sort of dark story is that he, uh, because as a child actor, it was so formative. He's like, you know, I really do think there's a magic and a mysticism to this. So he started what he mm. called a self-help group called scoutology that scoutology. May, or may not be a cult depending on your opinion <laughs> of it. Um, but then in this, in the series, in these three issues, we find out he was right. It really was a cosmic power. Yeah. Um, But what I love about it, you know, it's, and, you know, I try not to ding other things, but it's a genre that is so fun and it's so warm and it's so vibrant. It's flips and explosions and suits and fun. And I think Mm -hmm, he's the guy mm -hmm. that can just love it for what it is. You know, like you were saying, like, sometimes they're just going to say bring the rain or some kind of like crazy over the top. And if you're a person that's ever loved this stuff, like that little voice is always in you somewhere Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, when you're, you know, any, even there's a little part of me that anytime I'm, I'm walking to work as a 30 year old man when it's <laughs> raining and I'm like, ooh, my adversary stepped out from that doorway just across from me. You know, yes, like, you know, yes, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm always a breath away from like a Kingdom Hearts fight scene or something like that. You got the inner um, monologue
0: going and everything.
1: <laughs> truly, truly, truly. That Willie's a character that that little voice that's in all of us it nerds is yes. his actual voice and it's his loudest one. Yeah. Um, that's why. That's why I think he's so fun. So that... he's my favorite right now.
0: I, I think I would, have, I would have chosen the same person because I think that Willie definitely speaks to that kind of pure love, like you say, you know, and that, that kind of like he just acts upon it and doesn't really overthink it. Um, whereas a lot of the other characters seem to like, you know, like, like Seth, for example. Seth is kind of like the, he was like the Red Ranger of the group. He was like the leader. And um, for me, the impression that I got from him was that he he missed it. And it was sort of something that, that, like, was maybe he had a little bit of complicated feelings about what he did on the show. Or, sure. or, like, you know, he kind of, like, he regrets maybe some things. I don't know. That's just the sense that I got from him.
1: No, you're, you're spot on. D- did I make the most of it? Did I enjoy it as much as I should yeah. have? That, you know, Yeah. It's kind of like my best moments maybe passed me by. How do I reconcile yeah, that? Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that spoke to me as a reader because I feel that way about my life sometimes. You know, I look back sure. and I think, like, oh, man, did I – Maybe I didn't do enough, or maybe I just didn't, you know, didn't feel that moment wasn't present enough for that moment. Very um, sure, well said. Meredith uh, is another character that's interesting to me because she's kind of the quiet sort of introvert of the group, which sure. again is something that I relate to because she uh, and she's another one that has sort of a complicated relationship with the past, and I I think I'm I'm sort of drawn to those characters because you know, like I said, I I feel that myself so um with her character i just got a sense that like you know like she was the quiet one she was the one in the background she was also the peacemaker like she says if there were problems on the set she would kind of calm everybody down and Mm -hmm. that's very much who i kind of am so in a way i guess you could say meredith was my favorite
1: cool i mean she's so fun i I think she's strong i think i think that pink um suit design that bruno did is one of the best ones too i really like her suit a lot yeah um, funny enough that it really it's also it, it's another thing that color palette that you get to do with these super scout or the super samurai yeah. suits is stuff you're not normally playing with a normal book you know um like spider gwen they can only do kind of like hints of, of pink mm-hmm. inside her her hood whereas with pink pink ranger you can just dip her in it you know like let it yeah. rip uh, but yeah it, it, it's been nice kind of trying to make them feel like a friend circle that they all had a very this shared experience and they all kind of take their own things away from it you know mm-hmm. Seth was did i did i enjoy it enough you know should should i've been should i've stuck with it longer and meredith said, did i did i leave at the right time that they're all yeah. kind of it and it's a, it's an individual journey for each of them um, and all of them and it's all of them realizing that it's a shared experience is kind of what brings them back together again yes um, i think a lot of that looking back is something for us as people that can make us because it's your history that can make you feel ownership over it and independent um but for these characters to get them realized that that's you're living this life with so many other people kind of surrounding you. So to, to reach out to each other and kind of form those bonds again, um, yeah. It's kind of the fun of picking, picking how we pair them up sort of as, as the different adventures happen.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then James, the green Ranger, the green scout, I should say the green scout. Um, he is, to me, he's kind of the jokester. He's kind of the guy who's like the, you know, he's, he's the wacky guy. Totally. And I love that about him. I love that about him. I love that he doesn't really, like, until the very, until the third issue, he doesn't really question where he's, where he's gone in his life, and then maybe in the third issue, he kind of has that moment of, like, oh, man, I, I think I screwed up, but, you know, it's, like, his, like, him going on and making a parody of his own show is kind of hilarious, and also the fact that he was on the show for the longest out of all of them, so I'm assuming that, like, you know, I, I guess that like maybe the other actors got swapped out or something, but James stayed on.
1: Right, he stayed. He, like he he was sort of the the Tommy Foil that he yeah. Even though he might not have exactly been an original one, when then we find out in issue three, right, what right. made James so marketable that they were willing to keep him around for such yes. a long time.
0: I love that, um, by the way. <laughs> That's yeah, a great thank line.
1: you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's a funny game with this series that like you kind of meet Seth and Meredith, and they seem. In some ways, I think like the most well-adjusted. That you know, James is this like all-id, crazy outgoing yeah. person. Willie yeah. is this hyper-regimented. Um, yeah. But then as it goes on, in some ways, you know, which one of them is the most stable? Who, which one of them kind of f- played it right? Which one of them played it wrong? Yeah. And by 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 the middle of issue three, it's kind of hard to say because Willie, yeah. you know, it's it's creepy that he kind of started this cult, but also he found his truest self in a way that the other three of them don't figure out until late in this issue or right late in this first volume in a funny way.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And, and James too, sort of had, you know, that funny challenge that he knew where he wanted to be, um, but he got resentful of it instead of embracing it in the way that mm-hmm. Seth or Meredith did. So <clears throat> trying to, trying to, again, make them feel like real people to a certain degree, but real people when they're having the real people moments and then yeah. crazy intergalactic martial arts champions when they're having those, you know, <laughs> the crazy action moments to try to kind of have, have my cake and eat it too.
0: Oh, yeah, I think it works. I think it works. Um, all right, so so the designs, did you help Bruno come up with the designs or is that all him or did you guys kind of collaborate on that and sort of design the characters, including the villains?
1: Sure. Um, so Bruno is just a, a hyper, hyper talented artist that for me, it's just throwing clay onto that wheel for him to sculpt is kind of yeah. the process, I would say. So I would say the hardest, he figured out the, the characters really quickly. He has actually, I'll send them to you. He has a great method where he read the script, super, super absorbed the script, and then he distilled each character to a single shape that he said, I think this shape represents their personality. So Mm -hmm. all their postures, the way they stand, the way they present themselves, all of it's built around that shape. So that's sort of the shape they always present. Um, So he designed the four of them in their normal forms very quickly. Um, The suits, again, were a tricky game because it's homage and parody. So you want to be able to look at it and say, okay, that's a Super Scout suit but also it'd be distinctive enough. And, you know, yeah. the, the tricky thing is there's so many different motifs, right? Like, you know, they do ninjas and samurais and lions and cops and like, like which kind of version do you want to, uh, so I thought he found a very elegant kind of middle ground where there's a sort of elemental, um, thing going on with each of them, that it's, yes. it's a little minimalist. It's a little understated. Um, which I think is really cool too. Um, same as sort of, the uh, it's funny the the suits and the helmets were actually two separate steps. Um, oh, it's just figure out the yeah because it's it seems like it, it's a it was a really funny game i mean i had a blast just sitting around just i mean tons and tons of reference art trying to figure out oh, yeah you know yeah. what what's what's the recipe for this how do you how do you reverse engineer all this stuff and there's some you know some of the really classic looking um, sentai stuff it's cohesive helmets amongst the team you know if you think yes. of obviously the power rangers one they have yeah they're sort of animal represented Yep. um so I was sort of trying to figure out a through line of that so I like the minimalist one I think because I didn't want anything to be super distracting that I want to just be okay he's the red one he's the um so Brio found a way to actually change up their visor shape oh my gosh I mean for, fortunately yeah again, this this book partially exists in a large part because the super sentai community is so awesome there are so many like like websites that have like grids of like 50 green ranger helmets laid out for you so you could be like okay here's how the chin shapes and here's how the visor shapes so we felt like the shape of that black lens and the visor was the the clearest way to sort of uh, delineate in between each other um and then he found a way again to tie that visor shape and kind of the lines and the swoops of the lens into Mm -hmm. the swoops on their their suits to kind of make it feel super cohesive Mm -hmm. um the villains are a whole other challenge yeah um because they're a funny game um especially i mean i had such a good time again (laughs) The, the Super Sentai community is so cool that, like, they track. Oh, this is the chess piece from this guy from 200 episodes ago that they painted oh orange and added disco balls to, and now it's this guy. <laughs> um, but definitely kind of playing that level. And, you know, at this point, too, we really got into the monsters, the live action Power Rangers movie, the most recent one had come out. So I kind of knew yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I didn't want
1: to, what I didn't want to do. Because, yeah. it's, again, it's, it's the, you know, I have on my desktop right now for something I was working on, the villain who he's, his body and head are shaped like a windmill, and his, axe is a giant wooden clog oh, that's awesome. like, just like yeah just just absurd right so our our main our the first villain we meet um is named tunnelingus which is a mild not favorite word that right is there. so
0: funny I, I i laughed so hard at that name when i first saw it i was like oh my god i can't believe Thank you. yeah
1: that. he he's been a crowd favorite he's he's getting his own short story actually that's a I'll give you an exclusive announcement he will oh, be getting awesome. his own short story wow the, uh, graphic novel where's the real tunneling
0: is and that's what, what we need tunneling
1: into yes that's what really. we need
0: more of is tunneling this anyway <laughs>
1: um, but bruno nailed that one pretty quick i i sent him the motifs but again it the reason not only his talent uh, made him the right artist for this but he just really spoke that language already that he's yeah. like oh he's of course he's like this like clunky like <laughs> like construction worker with drill hands for tunnels. yes right like of course yes um so the hardest the, the hardest villain design um, the clay creatures which are our putty patrollers we did pretty quick
2: yeah um, the mirror yep.
1: match and then the dark Scouts were pretty easy um, the hardest one truly after that was Lord Darkness um, oh yeah who, who is our sort of our, our, our just pure evil entity um, yeah. and it was a funny game of trying to figure out okay so this is the real one that the monster in the show would have been based off of. Mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. want. So we we. It was it was a tricky game because you know, the payoff you wanted to be this like kind of crazy like you know Lord Zed or reader repulse kind of over the top yes. monster, but this. But at the same time, our by the third issue, which we'll, we'll we'll tread that spoiler line here, our scouts are becoming, their ver- and what their version of scouts and they almost represent this kind of like funny gentrified poppy earthly version of super scouts and Lord Darkness is supposed to be the pure evil of the cosmic universe. Yeah. So he, he, he kind of quite doesn't look like what we thought a monster would look like, but I think Bruno finds a really fun design. Um, we played, we had a lot of fun playing with with size and scale in the final issue is how I'll say it without kind of ruining it. Um, yeah. That made for some really cool action panels. And I think, again, something that, that looks kind of like a different take on uh, a final big Power Ranger fight in a way you might not have seen before.
0: Yes, yes, I got that very much. Um... Yeah, I'm looking at like Lord Darkness's first real appearance in, in in issue 3 where he kind of comes up out of the ground and he's like he's like they're off-roading idiots. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That line is so great. Um Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's I like his design, I really do.
1: Yeah, I think he really nailed it it's it, you know it, we had a lot of fun cuz especially at this point um, I'd gotten more versed in, you know, some of the other um, Super Sentai stuff, so looking at which um, you know, I, I grew up with like, my parents really don't let me watch like scary things so I had an overactive uh-huh. imagination, which is why I'm uh-huh. a huge writer in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, so I didn't really get into horror until, uh, like my mid twenties <laughs> and then I fell in love with it. Um, nice. but going back and watching Die Ranger and all these things, I thought it was hysterical watching these original Japanese production, how much like crazy horror tropes and visuals they like, yeah. and like Gothic and like strange, um, they made the villains like really creepy. Um, yes. It's really funny watching how they translated like, this guy's supposed to be like the evil tofu man, that, like haunts these like <laughs> restaurants and the American one he was like, it was Zach's uncle's possessed flute or trumpet, it was crazy. Um, but trying to lean into him a little bit with some of that because again, like, I mean, it looks like pseudo bondage imagery and some of the there weren't yeah. like, like classic hot topic, like heavy leather, big <laughs> link rings and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so you can see in Lord, Lord darkness, I, I kind of just wanted them to be pure black fire because I think that's fun. Um, Yeah. sort of his shape you can kind of imagine. Um was sort of based off of some of those suits that that like the Die Ranger
0: villains or some of the more conventional Sentai villains would have been wearing. He sort of reminds me a little bit of the Shadow King from like the old uncanny uncanny X Men comics sure totally Claremont yeah, era. Very, very, yeah he's kind of got that like you know kind of demonic appearance and he's got like that gaping mauve of a mouth kind of a thing so yeah yeah yeah. It's cool yeah, bruno it's loved, cool bruno
1: said that specifically you're smart to catch that it, it is fun that that long jaw looks like the, yeah it's such yeah. a horror thing it's always unsettling
0: yeah always always um all right so so if let's say a hypothetical scenario here let's say that like if boom studios came over and they said why don't we do a crossover with the Super Scouts and the Power Rangers? Would you do it?
1: <laughs> um, definitely, I would do it. Um, and who do
0: you think would win that fight?
1: Oh man, that is a great question. You know, are we saying this is the Super Scouts at the end of issue three? Yeah. Okay, so let's if it's say they've the gone volume, through all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Super Scouts <laughs> have the leg, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say it because. What makes them so effective against Lord Darkness, we'll see, is that they have very unconventional fighting tactics that are drawn from each of their unique and distinctive adult life experiences, we'll say, to put it politely and not spoil anything. I would just like Um, to see
0: Seth just kind of get into a fight with, like, all the Rangers and just try to, like, talk them down and just be like, man, I know what you guys are feeling. I was there, you know, and just be like, (laughs) like, he would totally just, like, he would just psych them out and that would be how he wins. That's true. He it,
1: th- that crossover would almost be like an X Men event because he's sort of the wise, yeah. grizzled super scout beyond his years. Um, yeah, that's that's actually that's a great observation. Super well. And seen. then
0: and and Willie has that like you know he he has let's say some added powers. Yes. That's he definitely fair. taps into something so i don't yeah you know what he he might be the the secret weapon actually that the scouts yeah have, he's I the think.
1: heavy he could be he could be the Teen kohan coming in and kind of up in the stairs.
0: definitely definitely my power level is over nine thousand. <laughs> uh <laughs> see okay. that little
1: voice man it's always in there telling us yep, awesome yep. things
0: man who wouldn't want to go out there and just say that to people and that everybody just looks at you weird um <laughs> So let me ask you about, let me switch gears a little bit and ask you about the Kickstarter campaign. So how have they been going so far? Because I see that Issue 3 is already funded. So congratulations yeah. on that, by the way.
1: Thank you. No, I'm very lucky. We, we have a great, great um, fan base and really loyal, wonderful people getting us this far. Um, yeah. I got an Indie Comics about, been about five years now that um, this is my 16th Kickstarter. All of them have been wow. successful. They've all 16 in a row. Yeah. Um, awesome. Again, just it's funny because I uh, I like to think of myself as a reformed cynic. I have my grumpy, kind of negative, <laughs> pessimistic days. Um, oh, I do too. <laughs> and, you know, some, sometimes I say, has the internet been a good thing for the world or a bad thing for the world? It's Same. I say that to too think.
0: all the time. <laughs> all, right?
1: Um, but I, I feel I feel very fortunate in life that I get to say indie comics, um, as much as I get to work with wonderful artists and, and make cool things, um, has really been like a real faith redeemer that like there's just such a great great community out there that has embraced me, has embraced my work, has allowed me to keep, you know, I think at this point I have six different titles I publish. Um that, that's awesome. purely possible because people read it and people are willing to support independent art, you know? Um yeah. yeah. So this one's been going really, really well. We're fully funded. Um you know I, I kind of I don't like to do any kind of nonsense with my Kickstarters. Um mm-hmm. you know I always try to add pages instead of bookmarks or any junk like that. So this is mm-hmm. our I think we're 46 pages. It's our biggest issue i have them all printed here domestically in the United States. Awesome. Um, so about a week after the Kickstarter ends, they get to my doorstep, um, and then I get them out the door to people. So usually I can turn them around within three or four weeks. COVID slowed down a little bit, but yeah, about three yeah. to four weeks still. Um, so it's been great. It's, it's, it's really it's, – I see it purely as a tool to just put as much stuff into the universe as I can. Um, That's
0: awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. We need more of it. We need more art. We need more creativity in the world, I feel like, especially now. You know, it's just – you know, we need something to give us hope. And I think that that's what independent comics do. And that's what movies do and video games do that too. So,
1: well, my, my goal too, is really having the the freedom of Kickstarter is I can have a character named Tunnelingus that we don't have to worry about. (laughs) Well, you know, well, our, our 18 year olds to be buying this book and and we have to freak out about it. Like, you know, I'm just going to make it the biggest, coolest, whatever makes sense to me. And it's just, just put it out into the world you know i, I honestly
0: fun. i you know what maybe he's the secret weapon maybe we could just have like in that crossover just have tunnelingus all of a sudden appear and, and the power rangers just be like what's his name again <laughs> yeah i don't want to even touch that i'm confused
1: a little turned on but also yeah a little
0: turn off <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right um so, so, you know what, you mentioned something earlier that I did kind of want to touch upon, which was that you were working on the Daredevil series for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so yeah, you've been in the, you've, you've been kind of in the Marvel sort of system, at least for Marvel TV. And um, so what was your job on that set? What was that like?
1: Um, I can say it was a good experience. It was a gainful experience. And mm-hmm. that is about as far as I'm allowed to comment publicly. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Okay. But it was
1: awesome. And it was, like, the one story I, I will tell publicly is I got to watch them film the hallway fight, and it was one of the oh, coolest experiences of dude. my
0: life. Yeah, just incredible. They like, actual like, movie magic. They did, like, multiple hallway fights, though, right? So, was that, like, the season one hallway fight?
1: Yeah, I worked on season one. I was there season one, day one. So, I saw the oh, awesome. that original one when he goes to rescue the kid.
0: That was such an amazing fight sequence, man. That was just, like, you know, I could just see the, the pain that he was in as they were just going through that, and, like, just, he was getting so, like, oh, man, it was like a war of attrition. It was great truly just yeah amazing all right so uh moving on from that now um so you have um so you said you have about six comics that you're publishing right now or that you're involved with i have six
1: books i think let's see super scouts crew Men. yeah i have six six that have come out i have uh i'm very like i have 12 that i'm collaborating on across um, so I'm called Plastic Sword Press is my my publishing imprint. You can find us oh, on cool. Instagram at Plastic Sword Press. That's kind okay. of the title I publish them all under. Um, okay. okay. So yeah, it's really just making, you know, as much stuff. Because again, with, you know, anytime we go into stretch goals and overages, all that extra stuff I just put right back into Green Lake, you know, the series, adding more pages. That's where that, um, there's a Tunnelingus backup story coming in our graphic novel for Super Scouts launching next year. And there's going to be a second awesome. secret backup story that introduces our uh, version of Common Rider who is known as the Shining Strider. What happened Ooh. to him? Where he came from? And
2: so some oh very cool God. art.
1: Yeah, it's very cool things kind of coming that way as we sort of branch out into the Toketsu universe for kind of our follow-up volumes.
0: That's awesome, man. I'm yeah, looking forward really. to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow, I you got your own version of Common Rider. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're off the. We're not recording anymore. I'll show you the concept art. It's it's very fun.
0: Awesome. It's um,
1: um, so exclusive for you. Thank you for your hard work. So, yeah, oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> I will say, so people know, like back in the Kickstarter, so those overages and those stretch goals, like they really they go, yep. you know, especially after uh, number two of Super Scouts, like, oh crap, I can like email this one, ours, like, hey, you still want to do that common item thing? Yeah, we can start it right now. We can start it a year early. Um, so, it, it's been, wow. very, again, very fortunate in trying to use kind of all that goodwill that people send my way to kind of give it back to people, you know?
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah. And thank you for reaching out to us as well, because um, I, I didn't actually know about this book at all. So, until you reached out to me and actually uh, let me know about it. So that was awesome, man. So I'm, I'm no, so no, my, glad to know about it now, because I'm actually looking forward to like what you have coming up. Um, so beyond these three issues, where do you have, do you have uh, further plans for Super Scouts beyond these three yeah. issues in the next special coming out?
1: So I have uh, the two shorts at the end of that are going to be in the Volume 1 graphic novel launching next year. We'll okay. introduce sort of our, our next big villain um, yeah. and kind of tease the next volume. Um, and i know the next one it's funny enough i know what volume two is that's kind of outlined i know what volume four and five are but i haven't picked what volume three is so i know the big giant intergalactic crusade that is to come um but i'm having a lot of fun kind of bouncing again bouncing through this universe revisiting um common rider revisiting ultraman revisiting beetle and get our troopers and kind of all these all these flavors and all these distinct universes i think are kind of ready to be re-explore re sort of again homage and parody how do we how do yes. we get to the core of it make like make a big kind of version of it but also kind of have a laugh at it and you know joke about what we love and you know are surprised about it so
0: yeah super scouts awesome. will
1: be coming out for yeah keep coming along
0: uh did you want to go ahead and hype up some of your other books as well yeah if you don't mind um, yeah please so
1: man what's coming so i'm ve- so this is the second um Kickstarter, or sorry super scouts number three is my second finale Mm-hmm. Uh, i've launched this year i launched uh, the finale for the Axeman previously which is a book about it it's, I feel a little guilty publishing it right now but i'm a giant nerd uh, and both my parents are doctors so i grew up in like a very medical household here you know all oh, my kitchen yeah. conversations were patients and research and diseases um so it's a comic about a shadow section of the cdc that monitors all medical data and they find <laughs> a new illness has emerged they try to cure it and if they can't they send a hitman known as the axe man to <laughs> take out patient zero before the pandemic starts so yes i have a comic about a pandemic it's awkward it's a little it's it's, it's an eerie time to be putting it out um, but i think it's a cool book and at this point it speaks the language that we're all very well versed in
2: yeah uh, so the first yeah. bo-
1: so the graphic novel collection of the whole 110 page will be out next year um awesome. the crude knight is a very weird uh version of king arthur they say king arthur is box office poison so I made King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table literal poison. They are this tainted oil that, if it flashes people, they become possessed by the Knights of the Round Table and kind of go out wow. like a kind of an action horror book, kind of heavy metal, you know, sword oh, sorcery, cool. oil magic, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and then Prometheus is one of my one of my one of my biggest books that will be very excited. It's been over a year delayed because we really wanted to get our last issue right, but to be a giant sized finale, um, watching next year, so people know the myth about the Titan Prometheus. Stole the flame of knowledge from the gods, gave it to mortal man, and was imprisoned. Um, in the comic, we find out this was true and that all these years Prometheus has been locked away, some of being tormented, thinking of himself as a martyr. And he finally gets out, can't wait to oh wow, what does humanity do with knowledge and potential? And he gets out and he sees our real world, pop culture, strife, you know, um, political frustrations, all these things happening in the world. So he yeah. realizes, holy shit, somebody has stolen the flame of knowledge. Yeah. he kind of goes on this revenge quest to get it back so it's kind of like i say it's kind of like john of wick meets god of war was, uh, that so it, sounds it's,
0: awesome that sounds like a vertigo yeah. book from like the 80s or something you know that sounds yeah. like yeah i mean for me Felix. i can just imagine prometheus just coming out and, and waking up and just being like wow they 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 fucked it up so yep yep time yeah. to fix this. good job good to job show. humanity um yeah pretty much pretty much i mean you know it, it it's it's timely um So can I ask you too, like, do you have any major influences growing up? Like any, any writers, any comic book writers or, or novel writers that sort of influenced you?
1: I think I liked when I was, especially when I was younger, I didn't really follow celebrity in that way, especially, you know, it's funny trying to remember that like, you know, way back when, like, you know, I would play like Zelda or I would like watch a movie that like, you can't really like jump online and go to like fan communities. Like I had no idea who wrote and drew a bunch of this stuff. I just knew I liked that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think I, I've, I've been raised, I think my sort of sensibilities are a real mix of three things. Um, American comics, for sure. Um, je- definitely just manga and all that, uh, anime and all that great stuff. Like, I have such, some of my fondest memories of me and my little brother, like, trying to shake each other, like, stay awake long enough to watch, like, S. and all these things on Adult Swim at, like, 2 in the morning when all the oh, crazy yeah. violent yep. cartoons were on. Yep, um, yep. <laughs> one thing I'm really proud of, too, a story I like to tell, I don't, you know, it's funny, now that I'm an adult, I don't know how this happened. Um, But back in the day, we had a cable channel that we called the Japanese channel that it was in, we had like color, you know, color TV and everything. It was like the early 2000s. -hmm. Um, But the channel was in black and white. And it had no audio. But we would see Super Sentai shows, we would see Dragon Ball GT, we would see like all these like things. I was like, wait, that's that's like gohan but he's an adult and i was like what the hell is this so like i mean we would watch the japanese channel all the time like some kids like flip through you know cable trying to find porn but we would just be like oh shit they have like the really cool cartoons like crazy dragon thing and like what the hell is you know, like that's how i found out what ultraman was uh, so i don't know what that channel was or like how i got it but it's like divine intervention that for whatever reason <laughs> is on that little tv in my in my bedroom um And then the other big thing is I'm from, like, I I grew up, honestly, going to public school, just, like, had Mm -hmm. a little brother that, I you know, I played Yu-Gi-Oh and did all that stuff with. So, like, that's why a a lot of the stuff is trying to, like, kind of keep it grounded and, like, kind of keep it real. Um, Because I think to me as a kid, like, so much of it was real that you can, they can feel like real people and then still think the best thing for me to do right now is put on this helmet, pick up this giant sword and go beat somebody up. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think you can, I really think you can have your cake and eat it too. Um, Cause I just love this stuff. So, I'm happy to kind of be a part of it um, and move the ball forward.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, and do you have any advice that you would give to people who want to enter into the comics industry or start creating their own books, let's say?
1: Start now.
0: Always <laughs> start now.
1: Um, the biggest thing I would say is make your books, make your art. People want to read your stuff. My first mm-hmm. comic I ever launched. Uh, was called lonesome it was about these little pokemon looking monsters um that would reveal themselves to lonely people so the sad little so on the worst day of your life Mm. when things really get bad you might look out your window and see like this little you know pikachu thing (laughs) he'll take you on it and he'll take you on an adventure um so it's bad the lonesome's there but he'll help you find it for good yeah thank you but like yeah it, it, it's emo Pokemon, right? Like this is a great idea, Pokemon. though.
0: Honestly, I could use that some days, you know, <laughs> when I'm feeling really right? bad. I could just, I would love to look at, well, I mean, I guess that's why we have dogs and cats.
1: Sure. Um, <laughs> but then some of them can, some of them will be able to breathe fire and evolve and whatever. But uh oh, there you go. <laughs> but the point is, like, make your stuff, man. Emo Pokemon's as specific as it gets. And, you know, I've shipped it to over 20 countries around the world. Total strangers, you know? Like, get out there and do your thing, especially, like, kind of in this world that I think with, instagram and, and the internet and stuff it makes us all a little more insular mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that create that creative echo chamber and all these things
0: um, yeah yeah totally
1: you know if you have influence and you like some, put it out there help stir the pot help people see things they wouldn't see you know there's people who picked up my my um king arthur book and you're like you know what i guess i'll take a chance on this power rangers thing maybe you know maybe that person now is going to check out common rider maybe they're going to check out you know, Die ranger or something like that. So I hear this interview and we talk about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah totally. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's, it's a big world, but it's an even bigger fictional world. It's a huge fictional universe. What I love is subgenre. That's why all my books mm-hmm. have all these kind of different characters and, and visuals in them. So if
2: there's something
1: that rocks your world and it rings your bell, I guarantee it's going to do it for somebody else too. So put it awesome. out there, make, make, make your thing. You know, if I, if I did it, you can do it. Trust me. I'm so bad at the internet and marketing <laughs> and social media. Like it's
0: the worst. <laughs> dude same here man I, I just like you know launching this launching the, the website that we have in the podcast that we have you know it's it's seen some growth lately which is nice and and that's thanks to you know we had an interview with Amy Acker who's an actress from angel and stuff like that so oh cool uh, so we had some growth from that and I think we're maintaining that and I think it's all through like the the people that I work with that help me out with the site and especially through them and just like keeping the content flowing you know and and just, right keeping on and trying to do it and then you you make connections like like we have and like you know with the starlight comic book guys and and the the writer of tart and um like that comic as well uh so i'm I'm finding a lot of friends actually a lot of a lot of people that i would consider like people like you who are just great artists and great writers and who are inspiring me because i've always wanted to write a comic too and i just never had the time or you know sure. so hopefully someday in the future hopefully maybe i'll i'll just be on your show or something or we can yeah, talk truly. you know we can talk yeah, about please. our own comics and stuff like that well, um
1: that's, that's i think the key thing too you said is once you get into it like yeah interacting with bruno or any of my artists it's the best it's, it's the best awesome. i'm yeah. sure you know too when you're vibing and you're talking to your engineer you're talking to your audio marketing people like yeah, you can just get over. It's that inertia, that energy to get you moving. If you can just yeah. get, yeah. if you can just get out of bed in the morning, you can do anything. But that first, <laughs> throwing off those blankets hurts, man. It's tough. It
0: does, man. Especially now, especially when you just don't feel like it, or you know, things are just sure. Things are so messed up in the world right now, but hopefully they'll get better very soon. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so one, uh, actually not my last question, but my penultimate question to you is, what are some of the current books that you're enjoying? right now
1: what am what am i reading right now i'm reading a lot of manga i'll be honest um, nice because I, I really like going back um i really i love that feeling like i'm a purist i love sitting with like 10 volumes of something and just yeah, uh, yeah so just... so i'm super into overlord i'm a big isekai fan so like i've really been enjoying overlord i'm actually reading hellboy for the first time
0: oh um, cool cool yeah
1: help man hellboy you know for a year my, my one of my goals is that at this point uh because my quarantine tv show has been battlestar galactica which so. the reason is at this point I can go into a comic shop and I can look at almost anything in the store and kind of know what it is like between mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Ultraman and Common Rider and manga and TV shows, most stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, Hellboy is one of those things I kind of knew about and I knew people love it. Obviously the movies, but wow, that, that book is so awesome. The BPRD is beautiful. Um, yes. Easily, easily 20 years ahead of its time. The way it's paneled, the way oh, yeah. they, 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 they do character. Uh, the way they build these arcs, like really just epic stuff. If you ever like, you know, because wh- it's not even like super horror stuff, quite frankly. I think trying to make it a horror thing is kind of what was the wrong stuff the movies made. It kind of feels like the mm-hmm. good stuff feels a little bit like Men in Black or Ghostbusters. It's kind of this like kooky team that kind of like goes in to take care of some of these supernatural threats and stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah.
1: So I've been I've been bouncing between um the Hellboy universe and then some different manga stuff. And then my other my other big undertaking is I've never understood because I love Full Metal Alchemist, I love Naruto. I've never understood one piece so i'm about 18 volumes in the one piece oh
0: gotcha it's start, yeah
1: it's starting to win me over i'm still a little hesitant but i'm gonna give it to i'm <laughs> gonna give it to 35 so i have <laughs> I, I, I pulled the trigger on a craigslist big stack of books so we give one piece a big job awesome, i'm kind man. of bouncing between you know it's like everybody else finally getting through that to read the list that's been you know giant stack in my closet yeah,
0: for same here too long same here reading? i have i have oh my god i have such a huge stack of books right now i'm trying to get through um i'm actually going to just start reading um the the dark knights uh death metal thing that Scott oh, Snyder's cool. doing the batman thing or the multiverse mm-hmm. thing that they're doing um i've been reading a lot of like x-men stuff because i've been trying to keep up with that the jonathan oh, cool. stuff that they've been doing uh so I've, i'm a little bit more american comics focused but um sure. But I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been fun, man. And I've uh, my friend uh, who helps me out with the podcast and stuff. He's been telling me to read like Spider Man and Daredevil right now because he said they're really good. So
1: yeah, I've been like catch Daredevil up on a lot.
0: That. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, how's take go for? It. But Nick Spencer's great too. Um, that Spider Man, that's gonna be one rainy day. I'll catch up on. on all.
0: Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep the podcast going, the website going, and read some comics at the same time, yeah, and play some video you. games at the same time. So got it. I've been uh, I've been playing. Um, I've actually gone back because the uh, because you know Mass Effect is one of my favorite sort of trilogies oh, sure. and stuff. So uh, so I've been all going three? back to play. Yeah, I love all three of them. Um, but wow. I'm I'm not playing the three the original three. I'm playing actually uh, Andromeda right now. Oh, okay, which is like the one that came out and got all the bad reviews.
1: But I'm trying uh-huh. to give it
0: another shot and then see what I think of it. And so far it's pretty good. It's not bad. It you know I think they made some patches too and and. Uh, it sort of patched and made it play a little bit better. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so my last question to you is, what message do you want to send into the world with your work on Super Scouts and all your other work? Have to get my, too deep. <laughs>
1: no, please, please, not at all. Um, I think my biggest, it's a great question. It's, I don't think anyone's ever actually asked me that before. Five years of doing Kickstarters, that's cool. <laughs> um, I think my one of my biggest goals is, again, um with doing all the different genres is that fictional landscape is massive it's a huge it, it, it's a big world you know I, i'm very lucky i've gotten to go international mm-hmm. i've been I spent, I spent three weeks in japan i've been to europe and england and scotland and stuff like that um, so oh, you don't really awesome. know how big the you don't really know how big the world is until you get out and travel um, true. but similarly there's something i i've something i find really very inspiring is how big that fictional world is there's so many great stories and universes. And what I love is that language that we as nerds kind of get to share. Yeah. Um, that like, if, if I'm do if, if I say to you, help me write, you know, a sequel to super scouts, you're going to know top of your head, 10 things that have to happen, right? <laughs> like you're just going to know, because that, that's this world that we as nerds have propagated. We built it out and we shared it with each other. We have perpetuated it and made it happen. Mm-hmm, um, you mm-hmm. know, I grew up on 30 acres here in, in very rural Pennsylvania. Spent a lot oh. of time by myself as a kid. Um, yeah. So that's why I've always, I always love, and I remember those feelings of like opening these books and be like, wait, holy shit. This is like, this is the 10th Doctor Who? So there's been nine ones before it and the next one's already been announced. And like, like there's these huge universes, there's big mythology. I think, you know, it's so easy to be sedentary and insular and like into yourself and spend all this time in sort of this the web or the knot that is sort of your immediate life experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I just try to, with all my books, just try to expand Kind of that worldview. What mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. there's these on your worst day, this crazy little monster is going to confine you? And what would your monster look like? Because everybody's a little different, and what if they all came from the same place? What would that mm-hmm. say about all of us? Trying to make any, just trying to kind of make that narrative lens a little bigger and, and build out mm-hmm. that little imaginative land. Because that that creative landscape, that's I think where we all spend most of our time hanging out. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's you know work to a certain degree but it's that that little stuff that that's i think what you're going to carry with you and i think that's what's really going to inspire you that's that little thing that puts you a little spring in your step when you you know when you walk through a door and it closes behind you at the right second you're like I just did some james bond shit right now right like that's like that little <laughs> little push that's that little bit of wind beneath your wings man is that i think it, it's, it's our job to kind of assign purpose life. so that's yeah for me trying to paint that big visual picture for people try to add some flavors and some color to it and and build out that fictional world a little bit so it's a place that people can gather and, and kind of relish
0: It's my goal i love it i love it that's a great answer man thank cool. you so thank much you. well thank you so much for coming on our show ryan um this has been a great conversation uh i learned a lot actually from you and mm-hmm. uh and you know so we hope for the best for super scouts and of course it's already funded so hope for more and uh just keep it going and i will be reading it <laughs> to be sure so um where can people pick up your past works? Like, uh, is it all just basically through like Backer Kit or through like the your your imprints as well, your Plastic Sword Press?
1: Yeah, best place um, to keep up with me is Instagram um, at Plastic Sword Press or on mm-hmm. Facebook if you still have a Facebook, also uh, Facebook.com slash Plastic Sword Press. Awesome. I pretty much run a Kickstarter like every two to three months. That always has my entire back catalog sort of okay. available and um, physical and digital because I try to make things as cheap as possible for people to get some work out there. Um, if there's anything you're missing, trying to fill out a collection, you can always DM me and we can get the books in your hands.
0: Awesome. All right. Yeah. I will do so actually, because I really want to read <laughs> Yeah, That sounds like a really good book. That sounds like it's right up my alley. So
2: awesome, cool, man. man.
0: Thank you so much. Um, and where can people, oh, okay. So you pretty much said where people can find you online. Uh, can we find you anywhere else online as well, like on Twitter or?
1: Yeah, Twitter, um, I'm at MrRyanComics, M-R-R-Y-A-N-C-O-M-I-C-F. used to teach and My name is Mr. Ryan. So that was my Twitter <laughs> name on there. Um, but, you know, Instagrams where you'll be able to see all the art for kind of what I'm, what I'm plugging away with and what I'm working on. Okay. Um, and on F- Facebook, the other thing is, if anybody's bored, uh, the Facebook page has the first issue of all my series available for free. So awesome. if you're up late, doom scrolling, and you can't sleep, hop on yep, over to the yep. Facebook page, and at least you can look at some cool art.
0: Oh, you know me, man. I'm always doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always up late here. Um, all right. So you guys can find us at renegadepopculture.com. You can also find us at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group RPC42. Um, you can find me on Instagram at neoplasmic24. And on Twitter and Facebook, our official pages are at Ren Culture, R-E-N Pop Culture. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a special episode of RPC Capes.